Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, this is Dr. Carlos DiCastro. I'm a professor of medicine at Duke University, and I'm joined by Dr. Catherine Broom uh, from Georgetown University, who's also a professor of medicine. Today, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, the topic of using LDH as a biomarker in PNH. So let me just start, Catherine, as saying, uh, how do you use your LDH when you're treating patients with PNH? Well, you know, I use it as, I think, a general guide as to how much hemolysis may be going on. I think we have to always remember that there are a variety of reasons why the LDH may be elevated. And even if we are controlling hemolysis, um, LDH may still be slightly elevated for a variety of reasons. Um, it is a good uh, reason or a good indicator for me to sometimes think about how well hemolysis is being controlled and whether there may be any type of uh, tickover or extravascular hemolysis associated with the patient's current therapies. Uh, that's excellent, and I certainly agree with all those points. Do you see there being any shortcomings to using LDH as a biomarker in PNH? Well, you know, as I mentioned, I think that we have to remember that there are other reasons besides hemolysis that can um, cause an elevation in LDH. Um, and so we can oftentimes, I think, get overzealous in thinking that we're not controlling hemolysis when the LDH may be related to some other abnormality that's going on within the patient. So what else do you use to measure hemolysis? So I think reticulocyte count is always a good one. Uh, bilirubin is always a good one as well. And then, of course, if you know we're concerned or we're evaluating for um, evidence of extravascular hemolysis, looking for evidence of a deposition of C3 um, on the surface of those uh, red blood cells that might indicate uh, some type of um, extravascular versus um, intravascular mediated hemolysis. And the LDH level itself, does that tell you anything? I mean, there are big differences in, say, intravascular and extravascular hemolysis that we see in LDH. Absolutely. So remember that um, intravascular hemolysis is going to be a much a brisker process. And so very marked elevations in the LDH are often, most often associated with intravascular hemolysis, uh, modest or minimal elevations in the LDH um, that are persistent perhaps with um, therapeutic intervention, maybe an indication of some tick over or extravascular hemolysis. And I guess the, the last question is if the LDH is elevated, Obviously, we have to think about other things because it's so nonspecific. How do you use it, I guess, if a PNH patient is complicated, if they have something else going on? Uh, what do we do there, I guess, is my question. 
Well, you know, it's a good question. I mean, PNH patients can uh, be very complicated. Many of them can have uh, portal vein thrombosis. They can have secondary liver abnormalities. They can have other sites of thrombotic events that may um, relate to uh, tissue damage and um, uh, release of LDH. So, you know, I think that um, an old fashioned, you know, thing that we used to do, of course, is to try to fractionate the LDH and really determine uh, what the origin might be, and then sort of think about, you know, what could be going on in our PNH patient. So, you know, when I think about hemolysis and the PNH patient, I think for me, it's not about one specific laboratory value, but it's more about a total impression. What's the hemoglobin level? What's the reticular? site count, uh, what's the bilirubin, um, and then certainly what's the degree of elevation of the LDH, and have I really looked closely um, at the fractionation of that LDH? Where is it uh, coming from? How about you, Dr. DeCastro? Well, thank you for pointing that back to me. I thought your answer was excellent. I, I think LDH is a very nonspecific marker, but certainly has utility in monitoring PNH patients, just to summarize what you just said. Uh, it is certainly a marker of hemolysis, but has to be taken in the context of what is going on. Are there other markers of hemolysis with it, uh, such as an elevated retic count, uh, such as a slightly elevated bilirubin or, or elevated bilirubin, um, uh, et cetera? Is the patient anemic? Uh, are there reasons they're anemic? Um, all that has to be considered. So it has to be a whole picture, but the LDH can be very useful in monitoring disease uh, in terms of how well is the treatment working? Uh, have we brought the LDH down? Uh, does the patient need to think about switching therapies? All of these have to be considered uh, for a patient when we're, we're looking at them, uh, and the LDH is a useful tool for that. Well, I'd like to thank you all for attending this session on LDH and its use as a biomarker in monitoring and uh, treating PNH. I'd like to thank Dr. Broom for her, her input, and we will see you at the next session. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.